Thank you for tuning in. We hope you enjoy this beautiful Sunday, the 9th of June. You are listening to the Podline Trailcasters. I am Keith Feltner-Smith, and here with me, as mostly always, the daring, the dashing, the beautiful, and the bold Brandon Goldner. What's up, B? It's June! It's June! It's June! Hey! <laughs> if you want to reach out to the Trailcasters, you always can. That's going to be at Trailcasters on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Old-fashioned emails are always going to work. That's going to be Trailcasters at gmail.com. But we also have a website, simply Trailcasters.com. But the most important thing do my best George Costanza impression when I do this, and if any of you get that reference, I hope that you do. We want your five-star <laughs> reviews, whether they're on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or in George's apartment. That doesn't matter. It matters to those reviews because more reviews and more people, more people be more Keith, How is everything going on this beautifully sunny Sunday afternoon? It is a true sunny Sunday today. Uh, no, it's it's truly a sunny Sunday afternoon, and I'm going to talk like this for the rest of the show. We should really do an all-timey episode at some point this summer. Yes, we should. Ah, our show is sponsored by Blue Coal. The only coal from the eastern coast that has a safety coal mechanism. You know that it's true blue coal because it burns blue. Blue means clean. Clean blue coal. There was, there was wow, like, that, no, was, that was impressive. That actually, have you rehearsed that? What, my, my, <laughs> when I was a kid, my mom would put on these like books on tape and stuff, and some of what she got one time was like these old uh, radio programs, like The Shadow from like the 40s, and they had the commercials in there, and there was literally like a commercial for blue coal. I'm not kidding. It was like a company that sold coal for people to burn to heat their houses, and it was blue, and like that's how you knew it was quality. I suspect that Breaking Bad got their cues about the blue meth from the blue coal safety coal. Anyway, yeah, it's just okay. So okay. it's something that's like imprinted in my in my brain from childhood, basically. <laughs> it wasn't perfect, but that's kind of it's kind of sounded like that. Uh, we are going way off topic, Keith. Why the hell are we here? Not to talk about coal. No, we're not talking about coal. We're talking about the Blazers. We have some off-season updates. We could talk we about coal some... if you want to. I mean, that's I'd fine. I'd rather not. I'm not really a coal really? guy. Really? Oh, whatever. I'm kind of more of a green person. I'm all about the new green deal. Hashtag green you know, coal, safety coal. Podcast. The only coal that's green. <laughs> well, how politics on podcast. How, how have I not heard of that one yet? I feel like that's one of those like, <laughs> stick to sports kind of references too. No, we have lots of Blazer news, off-season stuff to talk about. We have some uh, birthdays and celebratory shout-outs to give as well. We'll even touch on uh, – and actually, you know, there's maybe a little bad news. We might be saying good- goodbye to one of our longtime Blazer family. But we will also be talking about the amazing finals we have going on, the groundbreaking milestones that we are seeing every day in the finals. Okay, yeah. I see every it. My, day my in the finals. It's needs- another team from Canada. I'm taking another one. <laughs> from the United States. Sorry. I need to practice that, then we'll get that whole pod going. The old-timey I podcast. do, too. It's going to yeah. happen. That's a good one. I like that. That would be funny just, like, without warning or reason to just do an entire podcast like that, just see if anyone notices. <laughs> just, yeah. Okay. I will practice this. I can rehearse this. I could get there. Uh, this is a great use of our time. And also, people <laughs> love hearing about this, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. No, this is as if we're trying to fill time, not keep a nice short podcast on a, on a Sunday when we have things to do. That's true. Yeah, I need to get out and I don't know what I need to do. But yeah, anyway. All right. So Quick we shout have- out to our uh, our sponsors, Envy Adventures and Clearly Speaking. If you need charter uh, flights anywhere in the Northwest or if you just want to see some beautiful scenic tours around Portland, check out Envy Adventures, envidventures.com. Brandon, tell them about Clearly Speaking. Your if, turn. If you want to learn how to talk like this, then maybe you should talk to Brandon Nuckton <laughs> at clearlyspeakingoregon.com. That's clearlyspeakingoregon.com. Yeah, she can help you with a bunch of stuff, whether it's like vocal fatigue or accent reduction or just trying to find like your speaking voice that feels best to you. She can help with that. So thank you to Envy. Thank you to Brenda. 
Keith, where are we starting? You're the showrunner. Sorry I wasn't here last week. Shout out again to Chris Burkhart from NBC Sports Northwest. And actually, maybe I'll do the segue. Speaking of NBC Sports Northwest. There we go. There it we sounds go. like. What a it professional. So, it sounds like the Blazers broadcasting crew got honored, I think, yesterday at the 2019 Northwest Regional Emmy Awards. The Portland Trailblazers broadcasting team won best sports program live event or game. Uh, I saw this on Twitter. Lamar Hurd tweeted out a picture of him, Kevin Calabro, and some other folks. What I wanted to do really quick was read off all of the individuals who were named by this award. Not all of them were pictured. So you have Jeff Curtin, director of broadcasting, Dan Hyatt, the producer, and then Kevin Calabro and Lamar Hurd, of course, your play-by-play color commentators. Brooke Olsendam, the queen, our courtside reporter. She is rad. John Burns, technical director. John McConnell, graphics. John LaCrofka. Lead tape operator. Sorry, John. He's a uh, big John NEP on Twitter. So shout out to John. Nick Livingston, uh, Nick Livingston, pregame producer, Jordan Kent. Uh, uh, they call him CSNNW producer talent, but Jordan Kent, we know him. He's been on the show. Uh, yeah. Michael Holton, who's the pregame analyst and Jeff Shrum, the studio director. It's a lot of names, but just to say thank you to everybody who makes the experience for, for me anyway, as a fan, way more fun, way more engaging. It's all of those people, not just the people in front of the camera, but the people doing all the work to make sure that it comes out without a hitch. Again, they win the 2019 Northwest Regional Emmy Award for Best Sports Program, Live Event, or Games. Shout out to all of them. We aspire to be like you. Yes. Thank you. Shout out to all of them. Uh, we will get more of them on the show here at some point in the future. I'm sure they're all wonderful people. I'm sure they'd be interested for it. I also wanted to mention two others, though, that I don't think were included in that group, but I think deserve some uh, some some credit for uh, Keith the, and Brandon on social media. Uh, yes, those two. Exactly. I'm just kidding. Uh, Amara Baptist running the Twitter account. Number one, she is absolute genius with the, the humor and the timing, and I don't think she was included in this group. It's not really broadcasting, but social media. I'm not sure if there's even a category in these awards for that, but she should get some uh, credit or some award for what she does. Also, Jamie Hudson. She's actually the one that I saw tweet out about these Northwest Emmys and the broadcasting crew win, and I wasn't really sure if she's a part either because she kind of – I don't know if she's CSNW – uh, or CSN Northwest, or, or where the exact lines fall, but she's another person that does a lot of hard work. She's been going at it for years, and she's definitely, if you ask any of those people that you named off, she's a part of that family as well, whether officially or not. For sure, and my understanding is that her husband is among those who were yes. named. I actually don't, I don't know which one of them he is. I believe, I, I, I don't really know. I want to say it's one of the guys at the end. I'm not going to I think names, it's, e- I'm not going to say, it sucks too because I lived in the apartment building until recently right. where Jamie and her husband live and I've met him. Um, I'm sorry for forgetting your name. That sucks. But yeah, I agree with you. There are so many people. It's not just the broadcasting, right? Like you just said, it's the social media part. It's all the video extra part, like Chris Burkhart, like all the Blazers outsiders, all the people who are behind the switches doing the producing. Basically, anybody who makes it so that people like you and I can better connect with the team, they deserve a lot of credit, and they don't always get that credit because they may not be in front of the camera. So you're right. Shout out to all them, and apologies to everybody we, we, we missed. Speaking of uh, you know, Chris Burkhart, too, you mentioned in there as part of this whole uh, family that isn't necessarily within the official lines. He and I, last week, we talked about uh, Bill Shonley's birthday last Saturday. We had another birthday in the Blazer family this weekend, uh, th- yesterday, Saturday. Happy birthday to Anthony Simons. He turned 20 years old. Wow, 20. That's wild. <laughs> oh, to be 20 again. God damn, that's a long time ago. Man, it was months <laughs> ago for me. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> It's wild yeah, because, look, I mean, he scored, I know, what was a game in which he played 48 minutes and the game, a game that Blazers are trying to throw. 
But, I mean, he scored 37 points. He did that. He did that. It was the third most points scored by a rookie last year. Kids got talent. And and if you follow me, pardon me, that's a burp. If you follow me on Twitter at (laughs) GolderPDX, hopefully I won't burp in your face. But I think it was, who was it that tweeted? Dustin Hawes of the Holy Backboard podcast tweeted something. Shout out. About Anthony Simons. And it was something along the lines of his potential. And my response was, yeah, like, I think he's going to be a 20 point per game scorer at some point. He's 20. So, yeah, maybe this is foreshadowing later in the episode. But I hope that if the Blazers make a trade, that they do not include him unless (laughs) it's for someone really good. So I'll just leave it there. We might talk about some trades this episode. We got more uh, of that coming up on later episodes for sure as, as that gets closer. We've got the draft first right or is the i mean which, which, which we do have first? the draft yeah, yes but i don't know much of it no that's not true no draft comes after because people are trading during the draft um right because people can like really trade know. draft picks I, and players and stuff so i'm, I'm assuming the trade deadline comes dates. first we, we need it on a commercial well, break. no no let's do it now so you it. keep talking i'm so first of all i'm 99 percent sure, sure. draft no no oh, no because ahead. how would people be trading stuff on draft day then yeah, but I feel like the draft is the 20th of this month. I don't think the free agency stuff happens before then unless it's like the week before then. Anyway, continue. Has it opened? I, I don't know. Well, free agency really sure. and Either trading, way. I guess, are two different things. Yeah. Well, because people can trade stuff right now, right? Like, people are allowed to make trades. I don't even know. I'm not sure what's well, going on. Well, then, then how, did that, how did that trade between the Hawks and the Brooklyn Nets? That's maybe somewhere to start. As we're fumbling through this, <laughs> the, the Hawks and the Brooklyn Nets, I, maybe this is in your notes, but just really quick, they basically did some swapping around. They traded Alan Crabb, is now with the Hawks. Uh, Torian Prince, now with the Nets. The salary discrepancy, and the Nets also sent a couple first-round picks. What this does with the salary discrepancy, it makes it so the Brooklyn Nets now have two, not one, but two, max slots. Max slots. So, Keith, does this mean that Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant are going to the Brooklyn Nets, yes or no? Just say yes. Yeah, sure. I, 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 don't, I don't think it's going to be the Nets. I, I, it is crazy the the cap space they're freeing up, and there, uh, there have been some really interesting articles written as far as uh, with the Nets uh, able to kind of free this up and make this move with Atlanta, how it kind of like took away a move that Portland should have been maybe aware of, like how we have kind of similar assets and could have kind of freed up similar space. Yes. So yeah, I don't know. I, I'm just I'm, I'm just feeling like it's, <laughs> yes. Uh, sorry, I was I was trying to look up dates at the same time here uh, as you were talking about this, but I, I do feel like it's obviously that does mean there are trades and stuff going on. But I I feel like it's it I don't know. I, I it makes me nervous of what uh, Portland could be doing this summer. I'm also kind of I guess we're just jumping into this now, aren't we? We're talking about kind of all the the theory articles for it. Yeah, uh, let's go. Yeah, sure. Uh, I feel like it's. I don't know if we're necessarily going to be doing much this summer. I feel like it's going to be one of these things, again, where they might be waiting towards the end of some of these expiring contracts that we have. Again, something that I talked about with Chris last time, uh, a lot of the assets that we have, the most valuable pieces, are going to be these uh, large, expensive contracts as they near the end of their life. That's something that a team will want to take on because then they can kind of clear space on their books. Uh, I don't know if this summer is going to be the time where they're the most valuable versus if it's more like Christmas or getting towards the trade deadline next season. Yeah, and the, by the way, the trade deadline, this this is kind of confusing me, too, because, uh, okay, free agency happens after the draft, so that part we knew, and that's true. The trade deadline was in February, but then does it reopen at some point? Because then how are the Hawks and the Nets able to make that trade, or maybe it's just something 
that they're Maybe it's not an official trade yet. Announcing, yeah, yeah, and like, and so I guess, and there's no calendar. Has Woj bombed it? Yeah, pretty sure well, it's either Woj or, or Shams. That um, seems pretty official then. Yeah, it's super official. So let me look here. This is people love hearing this kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> so f- the moratorium begins July one. Free agents on July. So yeah, it's I don't really understand at all. Whatever. How do we get here? We were talking about Anthony Simons. We jumped all the way over to this trade stuff. <laughs> talking about like packaging him in a trade, basically. No, we're not. We're definitely not packaging Anthony Simons in the trade. He looked so good in like the real that blowout game at the end of the season. You said what? He was the third highest uh, score of a rookie last year. Yeah, he had the the third highest single game point total in that last game. Even he had thirty seven points. By the way, so so I'm I'm looking here, seeing that July six is when teams can officially sign players, extend players, and complete trades. But again, that doesn't explain why people are able to make draft day trades. So obviously, you don't come to the Trailcasters <laughs> for facts. You come here for hot fire opinions. My point with all of this was that if the Blazers are going to trade Anthony Simons, I think he has a lot of potential. It had better be for someone who's super, super good. And it better not be in a salary dump type of thing like the Nets did. Like, I appreciate that the Nets were able to open up another max slot. The Blazers, their situation is much different. They're close to the tax. They're not going to be able to open up enough meaningful room to really sign somebody into cap space. What they could do, my understanding, is open up enough room to get the full mid-level exception, which they might be able to use to keep someone like Ennis Cantor, but if they're over the tax, then they'd have what's called the taxpayer mid-level exception, which is less money that they have to sign somebody and probably not enough for someone like Cantor. So all this is just to say the Blazers, their books are a little bit messed up right now, but I would not want to see the Blazers trade somebody like Anthony Simons in order to open up more room. That would not be smart in my opinion. I don't think Anthony Simons is, is going to be the piece they're trying to trade away at this point either. Uh, of those free agents, though, like we kind of talked about this on a previous episode as well. I uh, We've talked about Aminu versus uh, Cantor versus Hood. Has your opinion changed on on how you think uh, the Blazers are going to play it out as far as who they're holding on to? No, and it's really tough. The, the honest truth is us speculating right now. I, I would like to go into reckless speculation about big-name players because trying to look at what they could realistically do is very complicated right now because of their – their salary situation, because if you move this piece, it opens up this, but this piece, it opens up that. And if you resign this person, open the, like they're basically in Olshay's comfort zone where they're able to do <laughs> stuff at the margins. They don't have, uh-huh. they don't have a bit. This is not 2016 where they have this big chunk of money. And what can, what can we do with it? They have to be very prudent about the small moves they make to open up small pockets of money elsewhere, including those exceptions I was talking about. So for me right now, absent the context of if they're going to trade their draft pick, if they're going to re-sign Aminu, if they're going to do this or that, it's really hard to speculate. So I'd prefer just to speculate about the big game fish. What do you think about that? All right, big game fish. So you're talking about uh, like, like what big names could we bring in here? Yeah, like the biggest possible names. Like, let's say... You know, you know, you know what biggest possible name I'm thinking of? Kay. I'm thinking of Kawhi Leonard. Wow. Like, we're, we're, <laughs> okay, convince me. Look, we were talking about this. Uh, uh, I, I'm not sure. I'm not saying it's realistic. I'm not trying to convince anything as far as, like, working out all those details. Like you said, we've got too tight of a, of a financial system set up right now. It's very, very Olshayist. Uh, but I did kind of mention on Twitter just the idea of, like, man, watching what What's your Kawhi Twitter handle, doing. bro? At Rip City Keith. There we go. Uh, follow me if you're not following me on Twitter. <laughs> That's my uh, I can do a better golden than that. We'll get back to that part. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I did say some stuff on Twitter uh, that 
after seeing what Toronto has done with Kawhi, and this was kind of that that big trade, like the the idea of do you split up your backcourt or no? They they made the move, they went for it, and it has really paid off for them so far. Obviously, we did pretty well on the other end without making a move. If we were talking about kind of the the mirror situation here, but can you imagine if things were flipped around? Even Portland being such a similar situation to Toronto, we could have possibly. If there was any possibility of convincing him here, imagine a back or imagine a, a locker room, excuse me, of Dame and Kawhi, and how serious and st- just straight to business these dudes are, and how ice cold these two, uh, like Dame and Kawhi, are. that team, that locker room would be just like it, you. You wouldn't. You would be expecting a finals run in a few years. I feel like. Yeah, it's too bad that didn't happen because at this <laughs> point it can't. As you mentioned, the Blazers could have traded some stuff. To the Spurs, if the Spurs had wanted what the Blazers were offering, let's say the centerpiece of the deal wasn't DeMar DeRozan, but it was C.J. McCollum, maybe they would have gone for that. Reuniting C.J. and LMA, you never know. The Blazers could have done that, but now the Blazers don't have enough money to sign Kawhi Leonard outright, so that dream is now dead. I'm with you. If that would have happened, that would have been absolutely unbelievable, but it didn't. What other uh, small forwards or power forwards do you uh, see out there as those as those? big name targets i don't think paul george is leaving okc right he's locked up over there he, well Andy here's Davis the thing as a power forward yeah <laughs> yeah i think he does and let's talk about that but really quick i just want to set the table for again the blazers are not looking for free agents they right. are looking for players currently under contract you're looking for teams that would be willing to trade that player whether they're disgruntled whether it's the balance of their team positions doesn't make sense For example, Portland has two guards. Like, if they could trade one of the guards for a forward, I've been saying that for a long time, for somebody maybe like an Aaron Gordon that people flamed me on Twitter for. I'm not saying Aaron Gordon's better than CJ McCollum. I'm just saying the fit would be better. Those are the kinds... Sorry, go ahead, go ahead. Those are the kinds of trades you'd be looking for, and they would have to be trades for players under contract. You know who I like a lot, actually, after, again, after we talked about it last week with Chris Burkhart? uh, Robert Covington. He's over with Minnesota right now. They're in a position where they're looking to make moves, and he is kind of like a, a bigger, uh, lankier, younger Wes Matthews. I feel like he would be a really good fit up here. So the problem with that, I agree he'd be a great fit. The problem with that, when I'm looking at who the Blazers could trade, C.J. McCollum keeps coming to mind as the person they could trade to get something good back. But C.J. McCollum is too good to trade him for a Robert Covington the Minnesota Timberwolves are not probably going to want to give up first round picks. They're probably looking to kind of rebuild around Carl Anthony towns is my guess. So what could you do to make that work? I'm not sure. That's why for me, the way this would work, I'm looking for players who are almost as good as CJ or maybe just as good or slightly better with the Blazers sending out the first round picks or the young players to entice the other team to make that deal. You so, put Aaron Gordon on that level? That's a, reasonable minds can disagree. Yes, I do. That's <laughs> really? that's where I see that maybe the calculus changes a little bit. They're closer okay. in skill than Covington and McCollum. I think that Gordon and McCollum are closer in skill than Covington yeah, is fair. to CJ. So then it's just what's at the margins? Do they like Zach Collins? And if so, maybe they send a first round pick back. Or maybe we take on one of their poopy salaries and you know like so you could make the machinations work I think that the players have to be close enough in skill and I guess what I'm saying is Covington CJ too far apart Gordon and CJ I think that's pretty close and also isn't it true that coach Stotts has made players look better 
then they have another system. So we've talked about that a ton. Yeah. So that's part of it too, is that maybe Aaron Gordon would play even better in Portland than he is in Orlando. So that's part of my logic too. That would be cool. That would be awesome. I could see that one for sure. But what, wait a oh, minute. Let's get out <laughs> of the, let's stop talking about the beta fish and the guppies. Let's talk about the big Marlins. Let's say you mentioned it. Anthony Davis, he checks the boxes of disgruntled superstar, team willing to trade him. That team has a superstar on the come up in Zion, Zion Williamson. They got the number one pick. So maybe, just maybe, they think, hey, maybe we want CJ. Maybe we want Zach Collins. Maybe we want two first-round picks. Maybe we want Mo. I think you could go that far. Give them, hell, give them three first-round picks. Give them two first-round picks in two seconds. My thing is, if the Blazers could just empty the entire clip and just go all in for one year of Anthony Davis, it, it goes back to what you were saying about Kawhi Leonard. Maybe they get that one year where the Blazers are so good that they make not just the conference finals, but the actual finals. If Katie's going to leave Golden State, there's some opportunity there. Houston's getting old and rickety. The Blazers already beat Denver, and they did that without their starting center. So maybe that's what you do. What would you think about that? Would you be willing to trade CJ and a bunch of picks and a bunch of young players for Anthony Davis? I, I, I do feel like it's one of those things, like you said, even earlier in the season when the, all the talks were going on with Anthony Davis, uh, with L.A. Lakers trying to pull him away, uh, I feel like the whole point then was that the package the Blazers could offer was on paper better than what the Lakers could offer. So if you're going to open this up to teams, it feels like Blazers maybe had a dark horse chance. I feel like that was even what I heard uh, or read being said about it at the time was Portland a dark horse contender for Anthony Davis. So all of that went away, the whole kind of... Uh, guffaw of it in the middle of the season but it's come back now and new orleans is definitely in a spot where they are trying to prepare for zion maybe they do want the guard uh in cj and a guard who needs his own team as far as a lot of the opinion uh, with him up here kind of in the system next to dame so yeah in 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 fantasy i could see it happening it'd be awesome i think the the big question would be can we go all in like you said on the package can they send out how much are we willing to send out to get uh anthony davis back? a lot yeah, but but the the idea again, the balance being making sure that we still have the core here. Like we're not sending out Dame or Nurkic, right? We're taking them off the table. From off the start. The, those two are off the table. You're sending out CJ and what? Are all three of other all of the much? all of the young players except Simons, because basically Simons then becomes CJ. I'm not saying that he's like ready to do that. So you're basically banking on Dame and Anthony Davis that the fit between those two, the combination between those two is so disproportionately powerful that especially when you have Nurk there also, that the other pieces kind of don't matter. That's the logic. And the logic is maybe if the Blazers do that, they're able to reach this upper echelon of productivity and success that they never could. I know they made the Western Conference Finals, but I'm not looking at that. I'm just looking at how they got there that they're able to reach some level of potential talent so high that you're you're really giving a good faith effort to maximize Dame's prime. And I think that has got to be the gospel for the next couple of years is maximize Dame's prime. I love it. I love it. I And, you know, this may be a little bit of a uh, fantastic thinking, but I think we're okay with it. It's where the places are at, especially right now. This offseason, I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of grounded, substantial stuff. So right now it is about hopes and dreams, and this is how you do it. Uh, this is how you survive on hopes and dreams. You make them big. Uh, let's mention two other kind of hopes and dreams. or No, not not even hopes and dreams, but uh, fantasy elements of uh, Blazers off the court. Then we want, I want to get to someone, some uh, more somber news as far as someone leaving Portland. First, though, 
Myers Leonard, we know he's a big gamer, right? Off the court, he's a, a Fortnite player. Have you seen any of his, uh, I believe, Twitch streams or anything like this? I know that they exist, but I have not seen them. Dude, I haven't watched too many, but there is some amazing clips. And I saw a clip the is other Is he wearing night. those Pit Viper glasses as he's doing it? <laughs> I, I, he didn't have the glasses on his shot. They may have been on, the, on his head. I can't remember. But he is talking, I think, some trash to probably someone he just destroyed. But I, I don't even know how to describe it. He does this whole, like, yes, 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 Like, just kind of goes on for, like, 30 seconds at a time. <laughs> and ends at the end, just something about just, like, respect the skill. Or, like, oh, man, I was, I, I was, I don't have the quote exactly because I was cracking up watching it. I was just laughing and clapping, like, sitting back on the couch. Anyway, Myers, the gamer, he has joined FaZe Clan. I believe uh, this is one of the biggest uh, esports groups in the world. They cover a number of different uh, esports games, but it's just kind of an, I, I think, a, a grouping of uh, high-skilled gamers who probably have other things going on in their lives as well. But it's, it's, a, it's a piece of respect for him to be able to join these guys. It's something they have invited him into and kind of accepted him. There's been a lot of uh, celebration between all of them on Twitter and social media. Uh, but my question to you, Brandon... If Myers loves Fortnite this much, do you think he loves Overwatch? Do you think he plays? I don't know because sometimes people are really invested in that one game. I know I am with Overwatch. That's the game that I play. I want to get better at that particular game, and I'm not so much interested. <laughs> seriously, I'm not so much interested in other games right now. Maybe he's the same way. I would imagine if I were guessing, he's pretty busy. He's an NBA basketball player. I'm assuming Fortnite's probably his jam. He probably is not into Overwatch, but... Maybe we should have him on the podcast. We can ask him ourselves. We could sort that out at some point. I bet he, he's a good guy. He uh, he he likes. We know the proper channels to make those show. requests now, don't we, Keith? <laughs> yes, we do. Yes, we do indeed. Uh, no, My Myers is great though. I I'm curious. I would love to find out if he uh, plays the games. I agree with you though. And actually, to counter what you're saying, I'm the exact opposite. I'm a collector when I get into you know like uh, hobbies of video games and such. Uh, but yeah, it's a. Uh, um, like I, I have maybe 19 or 20 games on PlayStation right now. I just got PlayStation at the start of 2019, and I'm, like, downloading small free games or demo games. And a lot of these things, I swear, I don't even play. Like, I have 20 games on the library right now. I play Overwatch and Assassin's Creed and Diablo, maybe, like, one or two other games. So you're not the opposite. You're the same. You're playing those games that you like and you're familiar with. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, do you do you do the whole thing where you collect all these other ones? I'm like, oh, no. if I ever wanted to switch it up. See, that's what I, I, I don't know why I do it. I do it with... Uh, with with these games with like you know you know movies and such as well I, I always have to get like the full series i can't just get like one season that i haven't seen yet or something like that when you're like getting tv shows and like dexter did you watch dexter yeah totally i loved that show man at least the first five seasons it was yeah it was amazing. good until it wasn't yeah exactly but when i bought the the bought the stuff i can't get just one season you oh they the suckered you in <laughs> i'm that guy yeah all right anyway uh as far as suckering in, no this is not suckering in this is full-on straight support see bringing that background and more uh fantasy stuff evan turner our one of our favorite players one of our favorite blazers shout out to evan uh he there's actually actually a story from uh alex coffee or kofi i'm not really sure how to say her name she covers the storm for the athletic she wrote a piece on evan turner's support of the storm noting friendships with players like joel lloyd as well as uh, um, some of the other uh, wnba players but et i guess made some comments that when he plays on nba live on nba live they've added the ability to play wnba teams and evan turner has started doing that and i guess he enjoys it more i guess there's something about kind of the the speed or the dynamic of how these players are playing where Evan Turner is full on. He goes on and rocks uh, the WNBA side of the game. And I, I found that interesting. I think it's awesome. I think it's pretty good support to hear that, A, that 
uh, NBA Live has put this out there. Because honestly, I'll admit, I've only really played NBA 2K. I've never gone over to Live, but I kind of want to check that out now. Yeah, I want I want to be into basketball video games so bad. It feels like a perfect marriage between my interests. I do like video games. I love basketball. It was t- Here's my quick story. Maybe I mentioned it last year when I tried to get into 2K. Basically, I invested actual money, actual dollars, United States currency into this game to make my player slightly better. The server deleted it like two days later, and they did not refund me. (laughs) I'm like, I gave you guys money for this. You know it was there. You can see that it's gone. And they're like, not our problem. I'm like, what the fuck? I've never (laughs) had a problem like that with Overwatch. I've been playing Overwatch for over a year. I've never had one of my skins disappear. And I couldn't believe that it happened so quickly. I had been barely playing the game at all. It happened right away. And they said, well, it was probably your fault. I'm like, that is the that that is never again. So I sound like one of those really annoying women asking for the managers. Like I need to talk to the manager, but I was like, I want to talk to the top of EA Sports or whoever the fuck puts on 2K. I was pissed. So yeah, never again, dude. Hey, just you know that you got suckered in. You got suckered in. I totally did. Wanted to get that free throw rating up. Happens to the best of us. Didn't want to wait two months. Didn't want to do it. <laughs> All right. Hey, you know who else uh, can help you get your free throw rating up? David Vanderpool. He's done a lot for Damon CJ. How about that segue? I know. So this is not good news. This is unfortunate bad, bad news. David Vanderpool, one of the assistant coaches for the Blazers, is moving to Minnesota. Uh, he has been uh, not, not traded, but just picked up, I guess, by Minnesota. He was given permission uh, by the team, or they were given permission by the Blazers to talk to him, and he has agreed to move out there. The thing that is weird to me, he's moving out there to be an assistant coach uh, and run the defense for Ryan Saunders the same way that he ran the defense here for Terry Stotts. It seems like a lateral move, and all the talk that I've heard for Vanderpool and some of the other assistants here in Portland is that they could be prime candidates for new head coaching positions soon. Why would he go for this assistant position? Have you heard anything about this? I have not heard anything substantive. I've had my own speculation about why they didn't just give him the title and more money to stay in Portland. Yeah, what do you think? Wait, did he not have this title in Portland? Was he not an associate head coach? He was not. Really? I did not realize that. What was his title here? I think just assistant coach. Oh, oh, there being a difference between associate and assistant. Okay. Associate associate head coach and assistant coach. Definitely a difference in how it sounds, how it comes across, probably a difference in pay. It does suck. It's somebody Dame really liked. And maybe there were other reasons besides just the title and the money or if the basically I don't know this for a fact. If the Blazers cheaped out on him and he bounced, that really sucks. That sucks. Because yeah, my first nice. reaction was he left. I, I, I thought he was going to leave to get a head coaching gig. Exactly. He, you lose him to not a head coaching gig. That's not good. I don't think it's I think that's pretty bad. If this is really just a matter of title that. Yeah, I hadn't even really cross that bridge yet but that sucks man he's been here for seven years he's been here with Stotts. he's been a critical part of the defense we've developed especially the last couple of years and that's been the uh, critical part of what has taken this team to the next level that's gotten us to the finals for the first time in 19 years he was conference finals both, conference finals sorry yeah you know the west finals whatever uh is that a big pile to- of psilocybin mushrooms behind you <laughs> <What>? <laughs> i'm just kidding 
<laughs> you look behind you. You look. I'm all looking in the picture. Look? I'm like, what are you seeing that could look like mushrooms behind me? I'm like sitting on my couch. There's some cool art on the walls, but man, if if you're seeing that as mushrooms, you're high. I'm, it's uh, anyway. So <laughs> I just it, in Keith's fever dream, the Blazers made the finals and are up three one on the Warriors. Yes. Oh my Although God. The, the Blazers would then have With to be in the Eastern Conference, but they're up three one on the Raptors. There we go. That's your that's your fever oh, dream. Oh, there we go. Oh, and see, that's even crazier considering going up three one against the Raptors when we don't have Nurk or Kanner. Yeah. Obviously. Well, let's talk. Well, would you want to talk about the finals? We need to talk about that. We'll get there in a minute. I just want to just touch on a few more things quick with uh, with with uh, with coach here with Vanderpool leaving town. Uh, <laughs> okay, I'm tapping yeah, my see, wrist. I'm not saying game time. <laughs> anyway, but the point being, Vanderpool has been huge for Dame and CJ. It just uh, it does seem like it would be crazy for them to be losing him just for the title thing, like you said. Uh, Which we we don't know that for a fact. There may have been other factors we don't know, but it doesn't look good. That's all. Right, okay, so the last thing I just want to mention, uh, Dame posted some pictures on Instagram involving he and Vanderpool. He said, the day I never wanted to see in my career has arrived. David At David Vanderpool, dot, 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 no words. Then Vanderpool, I guess, replied, I love you, Dame. Uh, just showing the relationship there. And the final piece, he spoke with uh, with Haynes, and Dame did. He said, he was the first coach to call me uh, back when Dame was rookie. We were playing pickup before his rookie year, actually, I guess. He stopped the game and said, you got to say 10 words before reaching half court. It was so uncomfortable because I didn't know the other guys, but that was the start of me being a leader. So Dame, out of his own mouth, saying, this guy, Vanderpool, is what led to him being a leader, who it, now Dame is respected as one of the best leaders, if not the best leader in the, in the NBA. How do you let this guy go? I don't know. It sucks. Okay. Seems like a dumb move. Again, it there sure may be does. things that we don't know, and this is the hard thing about I have learned as I progress in my career that sometimes there are decisions that are made that I don't have the full context for. So I want to remain imaginative and hold in my heart that there may be reasons we don't know why this happened. But again, this doesn't look great, and I'm pissed. The end. Yes. Okay, so let's talk about the finals, then we will get out of here. There are two aspects of the finals right now that I want to go over. I'm going to let you pick which one you want to go over first. We can either talk about Kawhi and all his amazingness and the Raptors up 3-1, or we can talk about Stephen Marks and KD and Golden State falling apart. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about this minority owner first. Basically what happened yes. is last game, was it last game? Uh, uh, game three, I think. Game Was it game three? Yeah. Okay. Kyle Lowry for the Raptors. Dove for a loose ball. When you sit courtside, you have a thing that says, hey, people might dive for loose balls. And this right. this white dude, like, he gets hit by Lowry, and he, like, shoves him off and, like, what are you doing, buddy? Oh. Like, get off me. Like, wait, wait, wait. Just, just be clear here. It wasn't even him that got hit. Never mind. Go, go ahead. Tell your story for it. And but I just that's, wanna, yeah, that, that, that's it. This dude had this, like, quasi-violent reaction to Kyle Lowry yeah. running into him. That, that, yeah. that, that's, that's, that's as far as I wanted to go, and then you can pick it up. Okay, well, yeah. I mean, basically, the, the things that throw me off for this, really, in, in the moment, I couldn't even figure out watching this video in the replay who they were talking about because the guy that Lowry runs into seems to maybe grab his jersey after Lowry's standing back up, but he's not anything violent. There's a woman behind that who gets, like, whiplash thrown back. She doesn't have any sort of violent reaction. As Lowry is diving towards the baseline midair, there's a woman standing up just barely off to the side of where he's diving. The woman swats the ball. That, that's the first thing. A, number one, this woman, from my understanding of the rules, she interfered with the play of the game. She should have been ejected right then and there. And again, this is printed right on the back of the tickets. Uh, on the other side of her, so Lowry on her left side, this other guy on the right side, sitting down behind her, 
That's who ends up pushing Lowry. So after Lowry has fallen into the crowd on the other side of this woman, this guy reaches around the woman and gives him a hard, aggressive shove and then pulls back real quick to try and like almost hide and avoid being seen as if it's not on camera from every angle. But Lowry didn't need the camera. He saw it immediately. This dude shrunk up so quick. It was, it was incredible. I, all that was in the moment watching the game. Finding out later... Mark Stevens, I guess, is uh, is who this was. He is not only the 962nd um, most exp- most richest billionaire in the country, I guess, according to Forbes, but he's also a part owner of Golden State. So not only did he shove... So is, this is Mr. White Privilege, is what you're saying. Mr. White Privilege okay. down in Silicon Valley. He is on multiple boards. He is just, he's, he's an entrepreneur. He's someone that invests in a lot of high-end he, He's literally the world's whitest man. <laughs> he's up there for sure he definitely is and th- this was definitely showing that white privilege the idea that he could be sitting courtside at a game and shove the opposing player and according to Lowry some really crude and vulgar language I don't know if it was racial uh, or what because I didn't hear any details on that but all of this going around man I I, I couldn't believe it. It, it if this was any normal fan they would have been banned for life after the NBA reviews this video this is what really irks me about the whole thing the Warriors, when when they saw this, trying to get in front of it and trying to apologize, they banned him for the rest of this season's playoffs. That is at most three games, possibly only two at that point uh, in Oracle left. And LeBron even pointed this out. LeBron jumped on Twitter and has pointed out that's not enough. There has to be more. Uh, you can't, any other fan that did this, it would be unacceptable. Think about if Lowry even put hands on the guy back, what people would be doing to Lowry, what the, kind of the, uh, the consequences would be of such. The NBA then reviews it further. They end up suspending him for a year. So through next postseason, Mark Stevens is not allowed to be at any NBA games and involved in any sort of Warriors-related events. So that's good as well. But still, if it wasn't for the money, this dude would never be allowed back in an NBA arena. Correct. And it was really frustrating to see um, Adam Silver, who I mostly respect, and I think the way he's approached his leadership has been, on the whole, pretty good. He said, when asked about it, he was very contrite. And he, it was a, it's, we have no... You know, precedent for this situation, and he was so contrite, and he was so. Str- I don't give a fuck how contrite this dude was. I don't give a fuck how sorry he was. You can't do that. And I listened to the Bill Simmons podcast, and I thought the way Bill Simmons framed it was right. It's like this dude was absolutely incredulous. Like, hey, I'm sitting here, buddy. Like, what do you do? Like, get away from me. Like, you're you're at an NBA basketball game courtside. When someone comes flying at you, you know what you do? You brace yourself. You know what you do? You soften their fall. You know what you do? You help them back up because they are there to play and you are there to watch. That's why you're there. You're not there to sit and have a nice time and not be disturbed. You're not a part of the game. He is. In my view, the punishment was not enough. I agree with you that money talks. It's frustrating. It's it's. There was an opportunity here for the NBA to send a message to say this, this this behavior was not acceptable. And the other thing was, based on how wealthy this dude is, $500,000 sounds like a lot, but like based on how wealthy this dude is, it's really not that much. And when you think about players getting multi-game suspensions, it ends right. up being more than $500,000. So I didn't like think this. About how, 
think about how help, helpless Lowry was in this situation. If he responded at all, you know it's a much more severe penalty than what this guy got. Well, the funny thing was on the Simmons podcast, their point was maybe he should have reacted more because it would have forced the NBA's hand more for Mark Stevens. That's a good point. Yeah, I could have seen that. But he handled it the right way. He he protested to the refs and protested to the coaching staff, and that was the right way to the right way to do it. Fuck Mark Stevens, white privilege. Anyway, so let's talk about the finals. The Raptors okay, wait, are up. Let me let me put one more one more wrap up on this thing. Look, it's just the last last bit of it. Uh, I did hear rumor that while he has been banned from all team activities for a year, he may be forced to sell his shares before next season starts. So even if they didn't do the right thing up front, maybe the Warriors kind of decide that, like Lowry said, Lowry had some quotes to Ben Golliver about how this is not a good look for the ownership group. This is a guy showing his true class. He shouldn't be part of the league. Maybe they have taken that note. Maybe there will be more done, and they just don't want to kind of face the public shaming of it right now. Please, sir, continue. Maybe why wouldn't they make that pu- anyway? I just, yep. I, yeah, the whole thing is really frustrating. But what's not frustrating in the finals, the Raptors are somehow up 3-1 on the Warriors. I love it. I love seeing all these Warriors fans like, oh, but we're injured. And blah, 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 blah. It's like, you have a team that is disproportionately talented, unfairly talented, that by consequence of the cap, by consequence of Steph Curry having ankle injuries earlier in his career, by consequence of all these different things, you have more talent on one team than the NBA ever wanted to see on one team. And oh my goodness, we're injured. Give give the Raptors <laughs> some credit. They have been playing completely locked in. So game five is tomorrow Monday in Toronto. They have a chance to close this out. There are so many narratives here, but the one I wanted to quickly start with was the way that they're handling this. Keith, did you see the video of the Raptors after game four walking through the tunnel in Oracle after that win in game four to go up? No smiles. None. (laughs) None. That was really impressive. Yeah, dude, they are serious. Like, and that's what I was saying earlier with the whole idea of Dame and Kawhi being in the same locker room, how stone cold it would be. Look what he's done to that Toronto uh, team out there. I'm not saying they weren't like this before. I'm not saying that they weren't taking it seriously. Even DeRozan and Lowry were never the most jovial uh, backcourt that you could imagine. But, yeah, that, that scene, all of them walking down the carpet, uh, the, the the runway or whatever you want to call it there, no smiles, just absolute serious as if they're going towards a game, not out of a game, right? It was amazing. Or even like they lost. It was, yeah, it was, yeah. yeah. So it was serious. It was serious. Even. And we know Kevin Durant is practicing today. We have been teased for a long time that he'd be on his way back. I don't think he's coming back, but Keith, what do you think of this? Here's what I want to have happen. I want Kevin Durant to come back in game five and for the Warriors to lose by 30. What do you think about that? Yeah, you, you said this. Oh, no, I, I remember the prediction you made a couple weeks ago or whatever when we were over at your place <laughs> talking about how you wanted the Warriors to uh, be winning think, until win, he comes back. Until he comes back, yeah. Obviously, they haven't been winning, but yeah, so I, I see where this is adjusting to. If they if he comes back and they get, okay, here we go, now we can save the Warriors, and they just bottom out, God, that would be beautiful. That really would be something. Let me ask you this, though. Even if they don't do that, even if he comes back, helps them, I, I, I don't see see them coming back to win this series i think feel like it's too much in toronto's favor if they don't win i've heard some talk that that would almost make kd more more likely to stay with the warriors because it's like oh you do need me after all i do have value here i'm not just extra versus the idea of like if you know if he might be more likely to send that ship off to somewhere else if it's like okay well you're just kind of ring chasing and kind of an excessive uh town at this point do you think if they lose is does this change anything about kd leaving town 
I don't think it changes anything. I think he's gone either way. Obviously, him and Kyrie have tickets booked to New York. I would, <laughs> yeah, there's there's nothing, I don't think there's anything that could happen that could change whether or not he's going to stay. I, at this point, I think it's clear they did need him. With Clay Thompson being injured, Kavon Looney being more important than we realize. Andre Guadalas had ticky-tack <laughs> injuries. But again, this is a team that has historically more talent than any team we've seen in the history of the entire NBA. They shouldn't need everybody to be at full strength for them to do what they need to do to win. That's my point. And also, yeah. like Toronto, I think, with all their perimeter defenders, with Danny Green, Kawhi Leonard, Marcus Gasol, Pascal Siakam, you have multiple defensive players of the year on that team, plus people who are playing at that level it's it's just a tough matchup for them so in in oh hi cassie's hi, interrupting cassie's dead and <laughs> cassie coming back from a bike ride it's a beautiful day yeah, out today back there. but yeah i mean yeah. i think that this this shows a couple different things one it shows that the warriors they needed kevin durant the whole time i think he could probably feel vindicated and go to new york with a smirk on his face and the other thing is that there was there was an equation to beat this team. It just had to do with having multiple defensive player of the year candidates on the team, which again, that says a lot about Golden State and says it says, I mean, as begrudgingly as I want to give it, I do respect if not their system, then how much talent they have on it. It is impressive. I know you got to run pretty soon. Just give me, let me squeeze a little few more minutes out of this. I just want to get in some real uh, uh, drooling over Kawhi and how much I've fallen in love with his play out there. I get what you're saying about the Warriors. They, I do respect them and what they've been doing. I am loving seeing these cracks for him. I am really enjoying kind of seeing Goliath falling apart piece by piece here. And I hope uh, Katie does ship off to New York or Brooklyn or wherever he ends up. I think it would be, it would, you know, honestly, kind of like what you touched on earlier with uh, Houston getting older, OKC getting older, and the Warriors not doing this. It kind of opens the door a little bit for maybe Portland if we can solidify a little more talent and strength up here we really could have a window coming up here that's not the big point i want to get on here before we get out though uh the raptors i saw something the other day about all of their players like where they were drafted most of these guys are like 20th or later outside the, the lottery this, yeah totally yeah, yeah completely it, this is a team made up of of low-end draft players that hustle that wanted it and have worked their way up it really is an amazing thing Kawhi, most of all though in game four i saw he played 41 minutes this is also being guarded by iggy and draymond and the rest he had zero turnovers 35 points he and michael jordan are the only players to have a finals performance of 35 points or more and zero turnovers that alone, I mean, like I know that you can always cherry-pick stats and kind of find comparisons like that, but that's impressive, man. To go that far, being the best player on the team, being guarded by the best players in the finals, and, and have a near-perfect game like that. Like I don't think you can ask for much more. No, you really can't. And by the way, props to all the fans in Toronto who have been... Man, they have gone through some stuff. I mean, Vince Carter leaving the way that he did. Chris Bosh leaving the way that he did. The Raptors yep. getting so close and collapsing again and again and again, never being able to get past LeBron to be in this position. And I'm not saying the Raptors are for sure going to win. The Warriors are one of the only teams, in particular with Kevin Durant coming back, where you can look at a 3-1 deficit and say they could maybe come back from this. But They've done it before. It's only happened one time in the history of the NBA Finals. Uh, it was on the other side of it, right? It was Cleveland coming right, back from right. down 1-3. But... You know, it's it's really, really cool. I just I want the Raptors to win so we can start the hottest of hot takes about the Warriors <laughs> dynasty. I want all those Warriors fans and reporters. There's one in particular who I'm not going to name who was literally going out of his way during the Portland series to talk shit about Portland when they're at such a talent deficit and for them to be such spicy front runners to be so, oh, what was it? A sassy front runners <laughs> to be so sassy about it and have so much talent and to be talking shit about other teams who don't have the benefit of that talent. I would just love to see that star just implode upon 
upon itself. I am here yes. for it. I am ready for it. Go Raptors. It could happen. It's get, definitely going to happen. All right. So, um, yeah, and like, like you said, I just want to point out, too, I can't remember who said this, said this on Twitter, but someone pointed out, if Kawhi pulls this off, uh, if the Raptors pull this off, he would have won a finals MVP against LeBron uh, and the Heat, and then he w- and the, also probably get an MVP against Curry and the Warriors for this one, and ended both ch- teams' chances at three-peats. That is impressive, man. It really does put his own category. And, again, just to put a final bow on this, I promise, last one, there was a great <laughs> quote great quote from Kawhi, and like i said earlier i'm just gushing over this dude i'm falling in love with this player so wish he was on this side of the north uh does abby know about this <laughs> Kawhi was asked after game four if he had any desire to have stayed in the game he was pulled out with like three minutes left in the game because they were just so far ahead but 35 points at that point uh he was asked if he had any desire to have stayed in the game and try to break his career high i don't know what the career high is offhand but probably somewhere around 40 right if he was that close his answer no, not at all, as far as trying to stay in the game. No, not at all. I was trying to get out of the game before it even got to that point. Was up 20 points with probably five minutes left, and I was already looking at the bench to try and take me out of the game. Like I said, this individual stuff is not big for me. To reach these goals, it's great when you do it and can win, but my focus every game is trying to win. That's why we're playing this game, not playing so I can score 50. We're all on this team trying to say Raptors win at the end of the day. I love this, dude. This is, I, this is, there's nothing more you want to hear from an NBA player and I don't feel like this is just him spouting cliches. This is him asked a question where you expect a different answer. You expect an NBA player to be like, yeah, I want to go for that glory. I want, you know, all the idea of like grab, secure the bag and all this kind of stuff. This dude wants nothing more than, he loves the game. He doesn't love the fame. He loves the game. He wants nothing more to win. It's awesome. That's how it feels like. And you're right that it's not just the lip service. It, the way that that attitude has permeated this team as demonstrated by how they play when the Warriors start chipping away at their leads. They don't panic, so it shows up in their play. It shows up in how they walk down the tunnel after the game. One thing I had pointed out, and I would mentioned this to Cassie when we were watching game four, the crispness of their passes, it's little stuff like that that you can just see that they're playing with this confidence that is not super, you know, ostentatious or what demonstrative or whatever word you want to use for it. Yeah, I'm with you. And it's to me, if you were just to make that comment, but put it against the Warriors or OKC when they're talking a bunch of shit and pounding their chest, I'd be like, that's bullshit. But it really does match what you see on the court. And I do think that's a big deal. Yeah, it's it's huge, man. I, I love it. It's uh, it, it makes me so happy, and that that's just why I keep bringing up this whole fantasy of God. If we had his contagious coldness in the locker room, not gonna happen. Team, that team would be unstoppable. It would be amazing. Okay, it would be. So, but so so look again. Look for look for players who could be traded, Anthony Davis, or somebody else. <laughs> that's who maybe if the Blazers want to swing for the fences, maybe this experience in Toronto makes Olshay more likely to part with the CJ McCollum in order to make a one year deal like this so look for those players on one year deals who might be able to have that same impact that'd be amazing i'm with you we'll talk we'll talk more about that on future episodes brandon where can they write us out with all of their thoughts on free agency trades draft and of course Kawhi or anthony come to portland they can always hit us up at trailcasters on twitter facebook or instagram we also that email trailcastersgmail.com or trailcasters.com and remember the intro outro and interlude beats including the beats that you're enjoying right now are brought to you by odar you can find his work at soundcloud.com slash odar beats keith with that if you could get us all the way out of here i know i would very much appreciate it as would your dog who i can hear in the background oh do you hear that drinking <laughs> <She was laughs> yeah. thirsty. 
Actually, I heard the little claws ticking around on the, oh, yeah, on yeah. the floor. Walking back up to the... Yeah, and at least it wasn't the snoring from Toby. He was up on the couch. <laughs> In closing, your honorable listeners, that's it. That's our show. Thank you, Brandon, as always. Thank you to Odar for those fat beats. And thank you to our sponsors, Envy Adventures and Clearly Speaking. And thank you to listeners. Thank you to you listeners for a great listening. We hope you enjoy your Blazers, your Rip City basketball, and our latest episode. Thank you again. And please come back next week for the next edition of the Trailcasters. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> awesome, man. I know you got to run, uh, so I will save this and uh, get it over to you. And say hi to everyone and have a great day. I will. Keith says hello. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Peace, dude.